0: Welcome to episode 87 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy features conversations in Canadian theatre with artists of all stripes, from actor to director to playwright and more. My guest this week is Justin Miller, who will be performing as his alter ego, Pearl Harbor, in Pearl Harbor's Chautauqua at the 2017 edition of the Summer Works Festival. If you're listening to this for the first time and you like what you hear, I would love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast. You can find Stageworthy on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to drop me a line, I would love to hear from you. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at Pod, and you can find the website at stageworthypodcast.com. Tent cover the audience as well, or just the stage? Yeah. you are in the tent. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, mm-hmm. uh, pretty deranged. Oh
0: wow. Um, so this is uh, Pearl Harbor doing like an old fashioned tent revival?
1: Tent revival, yeah, that's right. It's a uh, it's an old time tent revival mm-hmm. for our post truth world
0: and. Is this sort of like a, a revival in the way that, um, oh, what's your name in Anything Goes is a minister and there's like revival services, but they're like completely like sexy and like, and scandalous? Or is it like, what kind of revival show?
1: I can say provide? without a doubt it's the sexiest revival show you've ever seen. Okay. I have uh, no doubt. I have no doubt. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, it's part revival, it's part cabaret, it's part tragic tragicomedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are in and a part of it, you're being called upon, there are roles and tasks mm-hmm. and sing-alongs, and the audience every single night affects the outcome of the revival, and they affect how we come together as a people, huh. because every audience needs something different. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Wow. Um... Before we go too much deeper into the revival, I'm a little curious about um, the genesis of Pearl Harbor, um, why you chose uh, drag Mm -hmm. as a performance medium. Um, So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I had been studying clown for a little bit Mm -hmm. and uh, was particularly particularly interested in Buffon, Mm -hmm. which is a dark kind of clowning that... Kind of uses nasty satire to attack the things we hold most dear about ourselves, mm-hmm. the worst hypocrisies that we can't even confront.
0: Right.
1: And I had just come off a production of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Okay. Directed by my longtime collaborator Rebecca Ballerin, um, and Rebecca and Rebecca is is the number one ally with Pearl. She's mm-hmm. she's been here from the beginning. Um. And when I did drag, I noticed a couple things for Hedvig. Uh, one, I was surprised at how quickly uh, off the cuff riffing came to me. Interactions mm. in character, and I was also amazed what people do for a drag queen. What an audience does—they open up their chest. Mm. They let you get in their space physically. They get you. The, they let you get in their space mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really allow you to kind of traverse all of these dark, rocky, edgy topics and they love it and mm-hmm. they want more. Um, I've thought about this for a while because I didn't get why exactly it is. Why is it the makeup and the wig? Mm-hmm. What is it about this man playing an obviously outsized, exaggerated uh, cartoon version of a, of a wartime gal. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking and thinking and thinking, I think it's because it's a very instinctual, almost elemental relationship okay. that audiences have to drag queens. I think drag queens are like the capital F fool mm-hmm. of our times. Okay, So in the way that the jester of the court could mock the king to mm-hmm. his face, could say what everybody is thinking and manage to get away with it, that kind of mythical, almost shamanistic little space that they Mm -hmm. occupy that lets them wander down twisty paths Mm -hmm. that we don't dare to, Um, people immediately understand that relationship Mm. with a drag queen. And they let you get in, and they let you go deep, Mm. and they let you pull them along.
0: Right. Any idea why that is? Like, What is it that, that, that makes people commit to the drag queen in a way that... They don't for a clown or for another another uh, type of, of character.
1: Hmm. I think they would for, for clowns, too, for good clowns um, and good queens. It's all kind of the same hmm. messy, incestuous family. Um, but there is something about delight in taboo mm-hmm. and egging them on, mm-hmm. egging the queen on, and giving the queen... Permission, mm-hmm. giving them authority, mm-hmm. uh, and as a queen, taking that authority. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, you mentioned you mentioned doing doing uh, Hedvig mm-hmm. uh, before you created the character of Pearl Harbor, and was there like what drew you to to Hedvig? Was it just did the role come along? Did did you ever question why you might want to perform that role, or did it just like seem like a natural fit?
1: The role. Sort of came along. I knew about the play. I Mm -hmm. loved the movie. um, But I didn't really ever imagine myself doing it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of took a flyer on it. I kind of took a lark. And it ended up being perhaps the most important role I've ever played. Um, There are some characters I find that you just slip into. And there is such a thin barrier between the character Mm -hmm. and yourself. I just understood Hedvig right away. Mm. I understood her struggle. I understood her her loneliness, her desire wow. uh the the attempts at beauty mm-hmm. um and, and the successful beauty that she that she manages to achieve when she accepts herself. It was a kind of revelatory, transformative role for me mm-hmm. to undertake and uh i'm sure that my own attitudes for drag really were formed in that time and uh like i was i'm so grateful to have a gift like john cameron mitchell's Hedvig mm-hmm. as my introduction into this pool mm-hmm. of drag um yeah it was a it was a beautiful experience mm-hmm. it really was
0: was that was that your your model for drag was that um like did you know much about drag before you performed Hedvig, or did you...
1: So my fiancé, then boyfriend, now fiancé, was trying to get me into Drag Race at the time.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: and I wasn't very patient. Can, can I ask what, like, what was it that that drew,
0: that made your fiancé think that you should go on Drag Race? Like, had you been performing Drag, or he just thought it would be fun?
1: No, he was trying to get me to watch the show itself. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah.
0: Not like to be on as a, as a contestant. But no. to be like, okay.
1: It, if I went on Drag Race, I think I would crash and burn spectacularly. <laughs> I'm way too much in my head. I'd be wondering all the time how I'd be editing. Like, I would either get the kind of edit where they put a sad trombone, like a... Or a villain edit. Okay. Totally. Okay. Okay. Totally.
0: Okay.
1: Um, But... Uh, I, I had never really had any exposure to drag before that point. I remember my parents watching Priscilla Queen of the Desert mm-hmm. when I was a kid, but I was not pulled into it. Right. I remember seeing Dame Edna on Just for Laughs mm-hmm. and things like that, Yeah, but it really wasn't until, uh, until Hedvig until I came at it from a sort of backwards angle mm-hmm. that I realized what an incredible tool it is for being truly present and with an audience. Right. Yeah.
0: And uh, so did you get that from Drag Race? Did you get that from, you got that from, from, uh, uh, from Hedvig? From,
1: from Hedvig. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When I looked or when I started developing Pearl, when she started rolling around in my mind, it was a lot of Hedvig in Mm -hmm. my head because that form of drag, it sort of, um, it does something a little bit more, mm-hmm. I think, uh, when you are able to speak to really universal human experiences of loss and loneliness and suffering mm-hmm. and hope and love mm-hmm. and the strength just to endure.
0: Right.
1: Um, that's where the Buffon influence really came in, mm-hmm. and it met the aesthetic presentation of mm-hmm. drag in Hedvig. Mm-hmm. I was thinking a lot about Dame Edna. At the time, I was thinking about a character... That I could plop down in different scenarios who would always be a constant. Right. She wouldn't go away after one show. But she could conquer and challenge and speak out about a number of different things. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how she's been going on since. And Mm -hmm. it'll be... Three years. Her birthday is actually just coming up in a couple weeks. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. So you'll be performing this show. Yeah. Dur- for, for, for her birthday?
1: On her birthday, yeah. That's, that's cool. Which, uh, incidentally, was August 6th, the day the drum bopped. The, the drum bopped. <laughs> <laughs> Man, for an event of this gravity, I probably shouldn't have misspoke there. The day what? the bomb mm. dropped mm. on Hiroshima, mm. August 6th, ended mm. up being her birthday. Mm. The first mm. time she got in front of an audience. Okay. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Now, were you always a performer? Did you have... You mentioned studying Buffon. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you come at... How did you... Did you come at Buffon from a theater, from a clown? How did you... When did you start wanting to perform?
1: So, uh, I was a really goofy kind of kid. Um, sorry, I'll turn that off. Just a little alarm. Hopefully not something alarming. <laughs> uh I was a really goofy kind of little kid um, and loved to do voices. Mm-hmm. I grew up with The Simpsons, mm-hmm. uh, so that informs most of my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I studied theater in university uh, at University of Toronto, and it was there that I first was exposed to Clown mm-hmm. um, and Buffon. What happened was I saw a presentation by this brilliant Canadian playwright, named Karen Hines. Mm -hmm. She did a Buffon solo series with her character Poxy. Right. It was sort of like Greek tragedy done by Betty Boop. She's acidic and hilarious Mm -hmm. and mocks our consumption uh, while being so victim to it. And when I saw her perform, it was another like earth-shattering, changing moment Mm -hmm. where I was like, uh, what is that? I have to do that. This is what my purpose should be. Mm -hmm. Um, So that kind of blew out all the dreams about Stratford, which up until that point, we're like, well, isn't that the most noble thing a Canadian (laughs) actor can do? (laughs) It's not. It's really not. Um, Unless they invite Pearl there, in which case it absolutely is. (laughs) Uh, So... From that point, I really got deep into the clown world. I studied with John Turner, Mm -hmm. who is part of Mump and Smoot, this amazing Canadian horror clown duo, up uh, at the Manitoulin Conservatory for Creation Mm -hmm. and Performance. It was called The Clown Farm when I went there. They decided to go
0: with a more... A more dignified name.
1: Well, they got charitable status, oh, so it can't, I. It can't be a clown farm you can't be you the clown farm status, when you yeah. have <laughs> charitable status. I think you you need a, you need a, a web board. a web URL that's somehow a little more legitimate. Yeah
0: you, have, yeah, you have to have
1: that. But it's it's the clown farm, I think, mm-hmm. to to me for the end of time, yeah, and yeah. probably for most of us. I think
0: probably people who are still going, they probably call it the
1: clown farm. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And he just waters us and grows our little <laughs> demented clown minds mm-hmm. out there. Uh, so I'm, I'm super fortunate because I had amazing influences and amazing instructors like John Turner. And I later ended up studying and becoming fast friends with Karen Hines Mm. and everything kind of came together in this, in this way that if you were making a made for TV movie about it, you'd be like, wow, that's amazing. Everything's (laughs) just turning up the exact right way for this kid. Did, did,
0: was it difficult for you to come to terms with making the transition? I mean, if you spend, if you grow up and you're thinking about a career in Canadian theater, mm-hmm. Stratford is the thing that you imagine that you will yeah. do because it's you know steady work. I was a know.
1: high schooler from Guelph. It was basically the only exposure that oh, I shit. had of to. Course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was fucking nothing else. Yeah.
0: So when it, when you decided, when you had to decide and come to terms with the fact that that was not the path you were likely to take. And a clown was something else. Um, was it difficult for you to, to, to leave Stratford behind in your mind? Or did you just sort of like close the door on it? And-
1: oh, not at all. Not at all. Like, let's be honest. It's not like they're, they're knocking at my door right now to begin <laughs> no. with. So it's, it's not like I've made a, a noble, difficult choice here. Of course. But um, here's the thing. It was it, – that was my idea of what an actor mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I really wanted to be the thing more than I wanted to do the thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted okay. to be an actor more than I wanted to act, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the type of performance that Clown gets you into that that is so immediately, viscerally present with an audience. Like, my eyes into yours. We hear mm-hmm. a sound, a cell phone goes off. We both heard it, so you have to incorporate it into the story. Mm-hmm. Anything that risks taking the story away from the storyteller has to become a part of the story. Right. So that kind of on-the-edge vulnerability that's demanded, uh, there's nothing else like it mm-hmm. in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's what I love doing most of all.
0: Did you ever get a chance to see Muppets really? I have, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I saw them at Magnetic North when they were in Kitchener-Waterloo. Okay. Um... Yeah, I know they don't perform too much out east. Uh any artistic dress directors listening should book them mm-hmm. and anybody who happens to catch them out west go 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 because they are fucking gods. They are clown gods. When
0: they were performing in in Toronto, you know, they were like perennials at the fringe festivals around here for ages. I never got the chance to see them. I only heard about them.
1: Shame on you, Phil. I know. Shame I, upon you.
0: Those, I always figured that I would always have the chance. Like, right. Okay, so I don't see them this year. Don't worry, you'll be able to see them. And then all of a sudden, they stopped performing as frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, when you first saw them, what did you, like, what was it about what they did that you wanted to incorporate into your own work?
1: Hmm. I think it was uh, the sense of surprise. You did don't know what's coming, but everything is possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can go in any direction. And John described this really beautifully. Um, the state of clown neutral. Mm-hmm. for Neutral for a clown. It's like a, a ball on the top of a hill. Mm-hmm. And the slightest breeze can send that ball rolling in any direction. You have 360 degrees of possibility around you at Mm -hmm. all times. That's where you start from. Right. Let alone when you get angry or when you get full of joy or rage or jealousy. Mm. Um, And that level of possibility and vulnerability, the way you... Care so deeply about them, mm-hmm. and Mump and Smoot speak gibberish. They don't even use English. No. They don't need it yeah. uh, to pull you by the heart down yeah. these dark rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, so when you started to develop Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. um, what was your your first thought about about this character? Did you know that she was going to be costume like, costume okay, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> outfit
1: yeah. first okay. It was an outside-in sort of approach, okay. I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Pearl Harbor came to mind. Somebody said, what, what would be your drag name? I said, <laughs> Pearl Harbor, because there's a grand tradition of, uh, you know, puns being drag names. Yeah. You've got, uh, Sharon Needles, Head of Lettuce, mm-hmm. you know, all those classic campy names. Right. And as soon as I said Pearl Harbor, I just had the image right away, and that was, uh, what I call classic pearl, her stewardess outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, she's kind of like uh, sexed up Andrew's sisters, okay. by way of a Bouvier Beal, little Edie kind of. Mm-hmm. Everything's all very right here, you know. It's uh, perhaps a little huskier than she would like, so she, much like my grandmother Shirley, yes. just keeps trying to muscle her intonation just a little higher in the throat, right. you know. <laughs> Um,
0: so you refer to classic Pearl. What other uh, iterations are there of, of Pearl?
1: Oh, uh, basically when I write a new show, I get an excuse to buy a new costume. Okay, that's perfect. That's
0: perfect. <laughs>
1: so that's that's sort of how I play it. I've got a couple looks upstairs. Uh, I think one one for every day of the week at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the revival show, mm-hmm. I've got this... It's First time pearls and pants, okay. Which means I can squat down low and leap across benches, and it's it's great. I don't have to worry about exposing myself in the right. same way. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so the revival show, mm-hmm. um, in terms of like putting this thing together, how did you decide that you wanted to take this this drag queen character into an old fashioned revival?
1: Right. Um, I had just done a show. Called Pearl Harbor Sunday School, okay. uh, and it was kind of a kind of a parody on how we relate to each other on the internet. The kind of judgments coming down from on high, mm-hmm. um, the regressive, progressive kind of infighting and mm-hmm. punching down. It was all fine enough, um, but what happened was I. I was struck by another uh, source of inspiration and struck really hard. Uh, like when I saw Karen Hines, like when I saw John Turner in Mump and Smoot. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to New York and saw a performance artist called Taylor Mac do a 24-hour concert. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a drag queen as well, but when I say drag, I don't mean like female realness. Mm-hmm. I mean the most outlandish, spectacular, gaudy, garish, over-the-top, impossibly absurd, surrealist art piece costumes Mm -hmm. that are done with dollar store materials and are actively decaying as you're watching him. And Taylor Mac's relationship with his audience is so completely raw. And with anybody else... You would watch and you would go, my God, like what a vulnerable performance. Mm -hmm. But underneath that openness is such strength Mm -hmm. as a performer. It's not vulnerability, but it is complete exposure. Mm -hmm. And I was just in awe of how he got an audience to do everything he needed, everything he wanted and more Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was always very careful up until that point, up until seeing uh, Taylor, Oh, and I should say as well, I'm not, it's very hard for me to work it into a uh, conversation, but Taylor Mac's proper pronoun is actually Judy. Okay. So I know I just said him a lot, mm. but Judy is kind of sure. beyond gender. Mm. And Taylor yeah. says that he chose the pronoun Judy because nobody can roll their eyes at it without looking camp theirself. You can't go, Ugh Judy, without looking like a Judy yourself. Um... So this gives you a, a sense of Judy's mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judy can tell you, you come here, start doing this. You come here, start doing that. Mm-hmm. People are there right away. Um, my experience up until that point had been asking a lot of permission from an audience. Mm-hmm. Being very delicate, making sure I provide them with an out. Right. Just in case they don't feel up to it. Right. And there was something about his openness, his willingness... Judy's willingness to fail, Judy's openness, Judy's uh, strength that had the audience trust Judy, mm-hmm. moment one to the very end after 24 hours. Mm. And I knew that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to create an experience that put you on the same level as Pearl, that everything was in the moment, literal, the actual time is passing, mm-hmm. There's n- there's as little theatrical pretense as Mm -hmm. i can muster so the lights the experience it's all very analog it's controlled within the tent right um there's not really a lot of sound effects other than the great uh accompaniment by my friend stephen conway who plays live music brother gantry we call Mm him um it's a it's a very literal experience. Mm-hmm. It is literally a revival. You are literally a revival audience. Right. And you are literally being brought through this journey by this deranged six foot five <laughs> drag queen who's very enthusiastic and probably just wants the best for you, mm-hmm. probably. Mm. Uh yeah. I have to say that now
0: that you've described the staging to me and we've seen the tent come down in your time lapse. Um the, if somebody had said, okay, so we're going to do this show at this festival, mm-hmm. and we're going to put up a tent in the theater, I would probably tell them you can't do that yeah. at a fringy festival. You the, can't do that at a Summer Works.
1: Thank you, SummerWorks. Thank you, Laura Nanny, yeah. for trusting us that we'd be able to do it. And thank you to Giuseppe Condello, to Mirabella Sundar Singh, to Rebecca Ballarin, to Mika Champagne. That's his actual name, but I keep telling him it would be a great drag name. It would. They uh tear the tent down in record time. And it is a big ass tent. Yeah. It's probably about hundred and fifty pounds of canvas, twenty by twenty five feet, pine benches and all. It, did did this... you
0: did you have to convince yourself that it was possible or did you just say yes we'll do
1: it? Oh I just said yes we'll do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh absolutely.
0: I probably, would, I personally probably would have thought about it for like a
1: couple of weeks. Well, that's I... where we differ, as people. <laughs> isn't it, Cliff? Uh, I was, I was quite worried about it this past month. Um, we also had a run. The show was developed um, with Why Not Theaters, The Riser Project. Mm-hmm. At the theater center. So we had an eight show run in April where we were working out, testing the concept, seeing if people will come along Mm -hmm. and glory, hallelujah, they do. And boy, do they ever. Nice. Um, So we had familiarity with the tent and the process of getting it up and getting it down for summer works. It was a matter about doing it at record speed. Yeah. Which I can confidently say, like I challenge anybody to beat this record (sighs) It is down in 15 minutes flat.
0: I don't know. That's, I mean, that's, I've seen, like, at fringe festivals and things like that. I've seen some elaborate stuff, but never, like, a tent like that. I've mm-hmm. seen uh, silks mm-hmm. and people hanging from whatever, but I think they just string those back up when they're done. Yeah. They have to put them back up again yeah. every night. So that's, I mean, that's pretty incredible just to, to do that and with, with benches
1: to go with it. Mm-hmm. And it's it sounds like so much work, and it is a lot of work that I personally don't have to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it is so worth it, mm-hmm. because when you're in the tent and the flaps are closed, it's such a transporting experience. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing how within a couple minutes of, of this revival of our Chautauqua, um, how you're completely elsewhere. Like, the theater really does disappear around you. It's mm-hmm. just the soft incandescent lighting. It's mm-hmm. the people on the benches next to you. Um, there's a little bit of warmth and energy buzzing in the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't You can't get that experience if you don't go through the work, mm-hmm. if you don't have the actual tent.
0: Yeah. So now you've embodied uh, uh, Pearl Harbor for seven. Will this be the eighth performance? Will this be, you said... One for each of each day of the week is it
1: uh i there so Chautauqua Pearl Harbor Chautauqua wow. is the sixth okay. full length play, mm-hmm. and then there have been uh a endless amount of little cabaret performances mm-hmm. concert series mm-hmm. uh she was leading a uh, an opera, an immersive version of Defletem Mouse with this amazing young opera company in the city called Opera Five. They wrote out a character and let me write myself in <laughs> uh, so yeah, Johann Strauss as he truly uh intended of course of his course, his work yes. to be enjoyed yeah um, so this is this is three years in this is six plays in um, this is the first show that I really haven't dropped, like a hot potato okay. Because the other ones have been all very of the moment. They were about the mayoral election when it was Chow and Ford. Right. They were about, um, there was a Christmas show. You know, there were things that were tied very immediately to what was going on. Mm -hmm. And Chautauqua is a little more timeless. Right. Chautauqua is very urgent. It's about the world that we find ourselves in that's falling apart. It's about these very ideologically... Divided communities. Mm-hmm. You have your truth. I have my truth. And it kind of asks, where can we come back and meet at the truth? Mm-hmm. You know, how can people connect again beyond ideology, beyond just being with the folk that you already agree with, beyond mm-hmm. preaching to the choir? Um, I know that's basically what I'm doing because theater going audiences tend to be of a certain theater going audience sure, type.
0: Yeah. Although, I will say that if you're able to get people to participate, that is a rare thing in theater because audience participation is the kind of thing that if you say there's audience participation before a show, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not going to that.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And Chautauqua is a goddamn miracle because the audience participation is actually fun. Huh. So, it's yeah. not it's not just uh, the regular kind. Um, people get so into the experience. And I think it is this experience of being in the tent, of being a little lost to the world around you, of having to kind of connect and look at the people next to you. Um, and believe me, like Pearl Harbor will not tolerate hesitation. <laughs> like you're, you're better to say yes if she locks eyes sure. on you, but she will always take care of you. Mm-hmm. You will never be unsafe. Mm which is not the same as uncomfortable. No, that's true. Yeah.
0: Um, now, as somebody who has embodied a character for uh, three years, mm-hmm. um, do you ever find that, that Pearl Harbor invades your life in ways that you didn't expect?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, certainly it has invaded my bank account. Like I, I've always been a vintage queen, but it, it, buying women's clothes is a recent thing mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally I'll, uh, I'll pull a face, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll get clocked on like, that's a pearl, mm-hmm. uh, or pearl will be asked to leave the room, uh, and, and <laughs> sometimes with how I'm responding or dealing with things, mm-hmm. you know, she's. She's the best and the very worst of me. Mm-hmm. So okay. she tends to come out in moments of passion.
0: Right. Right. Is that, I mean, that, that, that can be, I'm sure trying in your inner relationship and possibly among friends. Do you have, they look aside from asking her to leave the room. Do they,
1: have they learned just to deal with it or do they just, uh, I, I try to keep a, a pretty big distinction, I'd mm-hmm. say. Um, but every, Everybody loves Pearl. I feel like Pearl, really, for all her abrasiveness, is Mm -hmm. probably more tolerable than Justin, (laughs) who's got all the self-doubt problems Uh and the blasé millennial, like, sads and all that. Mm -hmm. But Pearl, uh, Pearl can do anything. And, uh, I have an amazing fiancé who's so supportive who uh, helps put my lashes on because after three years, I'm still really bad at that. Uh, Who's, who's tolerated the fact that our office in in scare quotes has become Pearl's storage room slash dressing room, uh, slash wig hidey hole. Um, so I, I just have the best people in my life and, uh, And they love what Pearl brings into the world and they, and they love that experience.
0: Yeah. As somebody, as somebody who is portraying somebody who has more confidence than you do. Yeah. Um, how, how does that, how does that feel? Do you ever like, do you ever, uh, rely on Pearl to get you through something in a way that you maybe wouldn't have if you didn't have her?
1: Hmm. It's a great question. I'm sure that she does muscle through and, and push me through some, some tougher things, some bigger confrontations. Mm-hmm. She also lets me indulge in, as, as John Turner said, um, she's just a mask, mm-hmm. right? The makeup is a mask. The clown nose is a mask. Masks are intensely useful things. They're Mm -hmm. not bad things. They let us survive. Yeah. Because otherwise you'd bump into a friend on the street and they'd say, how are you? And you go, I'm not doing so well. Right. Of (laughs) course. Yeah. Um, Different masks let you do different things. And Pearl lets me overcome and lets me challenge and Mm -hmm. lets me confront the biggest problems that I have with myself Mm -hmm. Ultimately, when I'm tacking, like, an audience for being hypocritical about progressive views but being closed and not welcoming, if I'm uh, attacking, con- like, overconsumption or a greediness or, you know, naked ambition, mm-hmm. selfishness, I have all of those things in right. spade. Mm-hmm. Pearl has all of those things even more so. Right. We can only, I think, really attack what we are able to understand and see in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to be done with it. I'd like to be rid of those nasty things. Oh, but that's, again, the 360 experience of being a human. Mm-hmm. That's what Buffon is all about uh, sure. and drag is all about. It's about embracing the fact that we have amazing capacity for the tender and the terrible. Yeah. Um, and at certain points, you got to choose.
0: hmm now, when you were doing, uh, workshopping this, mm-hmm. um, you had audiences in to find out if they would go with it. How far did they go? Were they hallelujahing and, and praise the Lording? Or oh, you they... betcha. Yeah?
1: You betcha they were. Let me hear you say, you betcha. <laughs> I'm talking literally. Uh, yeah. wait, actually, no. I didn't say it as pearl. Let me hear you say, you betcha, Phil. You betcha. Oh, Philip, come on. Let's try it a little harder <laughs> than that. A little more, you betcha. You betcha. Ah, uh, see,
0: there we yeah. go. Um, so so, it's almost immediate that people, that people jump in yeah it is mm.
1: and that's because immediately the show is with the audience mm-hmm. and acknowledging those distinct individual people that are there every mm. night mm. there's not the pretense of talking at the audience when she asks a question it's never uh, it's never hypothetical mm-hmm. it's always a literal question and there's right. always a response back uh, the director of this piece, Byron LaViolette, uh, amazing director who engineers experience for audiences. Mm-hmm. You probably know him best uh, as the director of all the Moro and Jasp shows. Yes, yes, yeah. Who are another brilliant set of uh, Canadian clowns. Mm-hmm. Um, Byron was great because he would always have test audiences come in to work the material to see how it was landing where we needed a little more massaging, where you need a little more sugar, where mm. you need a little more sauciness, mm. where you need a little more steel.
0: And mm-hmm. you were saying that that I mean, it goes where the like the audience builds the show. Mm-hmm. So you obviously have to be really flexible, but you have a starting point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Have a script so you can drop it mm. um, within the action of the Chautauqua. And Chautauqua was this old type of revival touring show. It was really popular around turn of the century in America. And they would have lectures. They would have musical numbers. They would have Chautauqua dramas and morality plays Mm -hmm. and things. So there are like contained little units that make up the show. Mm -hmm. And then within those those units, uh, you can let audience off the chain a little bit. You can let them wander uh, and see where they're. Where they're going to take it. So
0: you know when an audience deviates where you can take them? Oh, yeah. yeah. I can
1: I can pretty confidently bring it back uh, mm-hmm. to where I need it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. ultimately, Pearl Harbor's name is in the show, and she won't be afraid to remind you of that right. if, if you get off a little, <laughs> a little uh, yeah. vision of your stardom while in the tent.
0: And does it always end in the same way, or does it end in a completely different way every time?
1: It ends... Um, Hmm. The form is always the same, mm-hmm. how it ends. Yep. But the feeling okay. of the ending is mm. going to be different mm. because of the experience that you've just had, both right. you as a collective and you as an individual. Yeah. Um, and you share this this final little beautiful moment with Pearl just mm. before you leave. And that is a moment of complete vulnerability, of mm. complete openness, of looking at each other and knowing we've gone through this thing and it's never going to be like this again because Mm -hmm. you're not going to be here and they're not going to be here. Mm -hmm. And everybody else has brought their own presence, their own issues, their own joys and fears into the tent. Huh? Huh?
0: Um, now when you've performed Pearl in the past, have you always performed in this way or has it been more scripted?
1: It's been more scripted, um, and, and stiffer. Seeing Taylor Mac and how open he was, that was the kind of impetus to try to create a show that, that struck the same chord in audiences that it did while I was watching Judy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more that I have leaned into that impulse, mm-hmm. the better the show has become. Sure. The more that I have paid every single second attention to an audience the more fun it's been for everybody. Mm. And I think that after three years and workshopping her through a number of different shows and events, this feels like I've kind of figured out what she's meant for. Okay. Um, it feels, it feels complete in a Mm. way. It feels like she's found her purpose.
0: Mm. Now is Justin Mm -hmm. who's, who's been performing, uh, Pearl Harbor, you often with a more scripted, uh, uh, production, uh, how does it feel to be, um, less scripted and to be, uh, faced with, uh, a different way of performing Pearl? Uh,
1: terrifying as fuck <laughs> sometimes. Um, I do have my tightly scripted lyrical moments, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, but it is freeing, you know, I'm not somebody who necessarily rolls with failure easily. Mm -hmm. But Pearl can somersault and splat Mm -hmm. on her face Mm -hmm. and she'll still get 10 out of 10. And she'll still get adored by the audience Mm -hmm. because you just pick yourself up and wipe your bloody nose and then Mm -hmm. maybe wipe it on somebody's sleeve or something. Acknowledge what actually (laughs) happened that you failed so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's more exciting for people. Like people... People know when things aren't going to plan Mm -hmm. people know when it's real it's in this moment it's because of that thing that that person said Mm -hmm. um it's generally more fun to see things go awry than it is to see them go to plan
0: yeah it's interesting because I, I performed a show last year my first solo show and my director at one point was like okay so you realize that that like when you're doing this you have like you're not talking at the audience you have to talk to audience members you have to talk to them when you're doing this, and I hadn't considered that. And it was really there were personal things in the piece. It wasn't a person; like it was very personal. And and the idea of talking to people had terrified me at first.
1: Mm-hmm. And the first performance, I had to look. Well, people them. are monsters; they really <laughs> are. You never know. You yeah. never know with people. Yeah, yeah, it is scary, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes. Um, I remember because yeah. they'll know when you're lying to them. That's right. They'll know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is terrible. That's, that was like, that was a a terrifying thing. Also, like I had never performed it before, so I didn't know how they were going to react to it. I didn't want to see like revulsion, disgust, disappointment on their faces. Um, But fortunately I didn't. But the idea of connecting with an audience is very freeing, Mm -hmm. I found.
1: Um, What's the thing that surprised you most? you found how easy it was
0: oh. how easy it was and how much you could draw them in by doing so the first performance it was not that awesome because i couldn't look at them i was just trying to remember everything so i cheated and i looked around everybody right but the second performance I making eye contact with everybody um it changed everything mm. and it was easier to um go with the flow and this person is laughing but they keep laughing so now we react to that or these guys somehow came in late to a fringe show so i gave them shit and like it was so much easier just to roll with things once you once i connected with them yeah
1: absolutely and they'll give you power and they'll fuel you that way yeah my my favorite thing my very very favorite thing is when at the same time somebody in the audience laughs and somebody gasps mm that's the kind of humor that really yeah. excites me. That's yeah. the kind of thing that Pearl is able to do because she, as a drag queen, she can she can touch on taboos. She can go real, real dark. Right. Those are my favorite moments. Mm.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that you want people to know about uh, the Chautauqua show, about this show, what they should uh, know coming in or why they should come and see the show? I mean, I'm sold, so... Like me, I'm like... this oh, is like, Bill,
1: this is- <laughs> you are just so sweet to yeah. me. For me, this Bill show is... sold. Why aren't you? Why yeah. aren't you buying a ticket right now? <laughs> www.summerworks.ca slash artist slash pearl, pearl hyphen, harbors hyphen, Chautauqua. Uh, we'll link
0: to it. We'll link we'll to link it. To yeah, it. Yeah, we'll link to it. Um, but is there something that you, that you think people should know or, or you want them to know about the show?
1: Yeah, I think come down and just be ready to surprise yourself. Mm. Um, Every single time I have performed this piece, I've not been let down. It's been an Mm. amazing, beautiful experience seeing how complete strangers separated from the people they came in with can come together, can rally around each other the sympathy they'll feel, how they'll cheer each other on, Mm -hmm. um, and how they'll fall apart sometimes too. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I've always been so moved and so appreciative of how people give themselves over to, to Pearl. Mm -hmm. It's such a gift. It's -hmm. such a gift for an audience to give that much of themselves to you. And I goddamn try to earn it every single time. Mm -hmm. And I promise that, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this is this is the kind of work that I think needs to be done right now mm. because it's doing what a lot of theater says it'll do. It mm-hmm. is connecting people. Right. It's very active. Mm. You know, mm. you can't sit back in the tent, and you probably won't want, you, want mm. to want mm. to. At least I hope you won't want to.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. This thank
1: great- you so much.